0: Hello, welcome to Pagan Preaching. This is your host, Ethne, and I am so sorry that this episode is late, Um, but I hope that you all understand that even if you don't celebrate the damn thing, Christmas eats like all of your energy at this time of year. Uh, Secondly, there has been a surge of new listeners recently, and I would just like to say welcome and please, please reach out with requests, suggestions, feedback, and of course, the Discord invite link. Lastly, another big, huge thank you to Faye Wild for appearing in the most recent episode. Please check out Chronicles of Faye podcast, as well as the Facebook page, Rainbow Pentacle. And I think that's it for business, so let's get on to the show. As I'm sure you can tell from the title, today's subject is Hel from the Norse Pantheon. Uh, If you recall from my Loki episode, Hel is the daughter of Loki and Angorbova and was stolen from her home by the Aesir and subsequently banished to Niflheim. She is the Norse goddess of the dead and ruler of Niflheim, which houses one of the afterlives, according to Norse mythology. And the most consistent information that I could find about Norse understandings of the afterlife is that there are three main realms in which a person could go after death. Um, There are more, but most frequently mentioned are the following three. So first and most well-known is Valhall, which is reserved for half of those that died in battle and will fight again during Ragnarok. Second is Folkvangr, uh, where the other half of fallen soldiers go to rest with Freya in green fields. And lastly would be Helheim, the final resting place for mostly everyone else. And like Hades, Hel was not the goddess of death, uh, but she was understood as the goddess of the dead. She helps to care for and comfort those that come to her realm, even she created a welcoming environment for Balther after his death by leaving out mead and gold. And it is important to note, too, that Hell is not a fearsome goddess. She didn't kill anyone or control when they died, but she cared for them once they passed. When Odin banished Hel to Niflheim, he instructed her to watch over and provide lodging to all those that did not die in battle uh, from each of the nine realms. And according to legend, Helheim wasn't even much different from the land of the living. Some sources even state that historical accounts of Helheim depict it as warm and green with high-walled mansions and blooming flowers. And unfortunately, other than that sparsity that I've shared with you, there's little information on hell aside from what we have from the Prose Edda. And also, unfortunately, the author Snorri Sturluson wrote the Prose Edda in the 13th century and with much Christian influence, so that's kind of a dead end too. And um, But before we get into our sermon today, now that I've gotten through the introduction, let's hear a quick invocation to hell. This would be a good time for you to pause the show and prepare your space if you haven't already. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose and audibly exhale through the mouth. Invocation to Hell Queen of Darkness, Loki's daughter, Hell, when we seek thy hallows, bless us with thy bright face. Lady, show a pathway through the shadows. Where the ancestors are biting, where all memories are hiding, to thy mercy now confiding, Hell, we hail thee now. So, what are the important aspects of Hell that we do know? So, first, we know that Hell is the daughter of Loki and Angerboda, which are two giants, and giants, as those of you that follow the North Pantheon know, are vehemently distrusted by the Aesir. And second, we know that Hell, with her brothers Fenrir and Jormungendr, were stolen from their mother due to the Aesir's fear of their reputation. Lastly, we know that Odin banished Hel to Niflheim to give room and board to all that come to her. There's a couple of things that come to mind from the limited information we have, which is reputation and duty. First, let's talk about Reputation. As Pagans, we're no stranger to the effects of reputation and preconceived notions, and I've touched on this before in the Loki episode, but how this differs from the Loki episode is that Hel faced the effects of her father's reputation instead of being judged by her own actions. The reality of Hel's message is that she was punished by a group of outsiders because of their prejudice toward her father. Even if hell had been a beacon of nothing but peace and light and happiness, she would have faced hatred and bias due to circumstances that are completely out of her control. Those of you that are anti-racist Nordic pagans and heathens may begin to resonate with me here a little bit, because there's an unfortunate reality that some Nordic pagans have certainly tried their best to give the rest of Nordic pagans a bad name, and I am intimately familiar with that as I worked with a real, like, superior genes type of guy in college when I was trying to make a safe space for pagans on campus. And let me be sure to not mince words here. There are Nazis slithering their way into pagan spaces, and these sons of bitches do not reflect pagan values and are a disgusting affront to the gods. The bitter truth is that the vast majority of pagans aren't Nazis, and that vast majority of pagans are going to have to face bias and prejudice on account of racist pieces of shit. And sidebar, just to be explicitly and perfectly clear, if you're a fucking racist, don't listen to my podcast. But anyway, for those of you Nordic pagans who honor the gods by valuing everyone of every color and history and culture and background, are going to face your own unique set of challenges in the face of prejudice than the rest of us pagans. Your challenge is to fight against the preconceived notion that you may be a Nazi because of the gods you love. You are tasked with holding your heads higher than your unsavory counterparts, and you have to be prepared to meet a nasty prejudice and fight against it, even though that prejudice is entirely out of your control. And I am so so sorry and angry that you're in that position. But amidst that anger, I am so proud of you. As a Hellenic polytheist, my path has been primarily focused on my own growth, um, aside from any work that I may do for the podcast. And I think that the focus on the self is pretty typical for most pagan paths, because paganism is so inherently personal. But My Nordic and heathen brothers and sisters put in so much extra effort to benefit those around them. For every one Nazi pagan I meet, there are a dozen kind-hearted, honest, hard-working Nordic pagans trying to make the world a better place. I know you all see the hurt caused by those that would shame the gods, and you challenge yourselves to be better and do better. You know what the really beautiful outcome of that is? there are folks of all walks of life wearing Thor's hammer, learning runes, and following in the steps of Freya and frigg By not settling for anything less than active inclusion and compassion, Nordic pagans are sharing the customs and traditions of their path with people from all over the world. And I don't know if you all realize this, But that increase in interest is going to continue to inspire research into the lives of ancient scandinavians which will in turn benefit the world and recon and revivalist pagans directly you are building a beautiful and awe-inspiring circle of positivity wherein everyone can find personal and community gain if you follow the norse gods you ought to be so proud of yourselves You stand tall in the face of reputation handed down to you, and you use it to your advantage as well as the advantage of others. And with that in mind, let's hear our next prayer. To hell. Hail to hell, kind-hearted hell, who welcomes each traveler to her realm, who carries sweet mead to those who thirst, whose table groans with good meat and bread, with a place for each by a warm hearth fire as family and friends long lost gather round to hold the new one close to clasp their hand for a heavy heart, a loss in one world brings joy and reunion in the next hell goddess lady of Helheim, heedful guardian of the world's renewal. We thank you for your goodness and graciousness for your care of those who have gone before us into the unknown. Hell we hail you. So, this is going to bring me to my second half of Hel's message, which is duty. Hel not only inherits a reputation that she didn't choose, but also an obligation that she didn't choose. When the Aesir steal Hel from Engelboda and banish her to Niflheim without even stopping to hear what she has to say about things, Odin tasks her with caring for every single being that comes into her domain. Despite the links to which outsiders and pop culture have gone to demonize hell, those who have built a connection with her can see her true face and feel no fear. As a devotee of Hades, I sympathize immensely with hell's followers because, you know, every outside force is trying to paint your beloved deity as a monster just because whatever that force is fears death. We know that hell is not the personification of death, but a caregiver. She, like Hades and Anpu, take the hands of our lost loved ones and comfort them as they grapple with the end of their lives. I've mentioned this before, but it's really hard to imagine those figures as anything other than embodied compassion. Not only does hell provide comfort and answers to the deceased, but also housing and food and need. She makes the afterlife comfortable and takes care to ensure that those in her stead want for nothing. And let's not forget, this is not a charge that Hell picked for herself, but a non-negotiable responsibility imposed on her by her enemies. And still, Hell doesn't take out her frustrations on those in her care, nor does she do a half-assed job. She takes her lot in stride and she does everything she can to do right by others. And the point that I am getting at here is that there are times in our life when we just cannot be the masters of our own fate. As they say, shit happens. And when shit happens, we can either fight it or embrace it. And sometimes we can't control our circumstance, but we can always control how we respond to those circumstances. And look, I am not going to sit here and pretend like I am any good at responding to shitty circumstances with a bright face and a bushy tail, but I will say that level of self control is something that we can all aspire to. Are we going to be booted from our homes to live with a bunch of dead people? I mean, anything could happen, but probably not that. But we are frequently booted from our comfort zones, and our plans are interrupted by chance or other stupidity. So, why not try to be a little more like Hell in the face of that adversity? Not only does she set a perfect example of honor and grace, but also following the example of a Nordic giantess who rules over the realm of the dead is pretty metal. And I think now we are in a good spot to hear our last prayer Great Hell, giant death, ever so serene, the purity of absence. How you keep each realm clean. Great hell, morbid queen, peace exemplified. In your visage, beauty, both of life and what has died. Great hell, lokis datir, to you I would crawl, with each year pass I travel. Each closer to your hall, seal hell. If you have any interest in working with hell... Keep in mind the things that I've shared with you today um, and check out the sources that I have posted also in the show notes, but also seek out her hand as you mourn, honor your ancestors, think those that have gone before you. In a more specific sense, leave out offerings like fresh fruit and apples for her to rot and those that follow hell say when offerings rot quickly and that's a sign of hell's presence. But most importantly, do your research and work to build that personal relationship with hell, which is something that you will just have to do on your own. Meditation is always recommended, but if that's too hard for you, like it is for me, I also suggest using divination tools such as runes, any cards you may use, or pendulums for communication. What matters is that you initiate that contact and then show gratitude when it is reciprocated, regardless of what that looks like. That's going to be about it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening with me today. You can always find me on my Facebook and Twitter at Pagan Preaching. And also we do have a new Instagram page, also just Pagan Preaching. You can also send me an email at ethne.aon at yahoo.com. Be sure to reach out for the invite link to our Discord server if you would like to interact with me and other listeners. And if you would like to support me and the show, you can always purchase a tarot reading from my Facebook page, Ethne Aeon Tarot, or leave a donation on Venmo at ethne-aeon. Please do continue to send in requests so I can continue to make the content that you want to consume. So thank you so much for listening. Take care. Enjoy the holiday season to the best of your ability. And those of you celebrating the solstice and Yule or whatever name you have for it from your tradition, I hope you have just a lot of safe, wholesome fun with your family and your deities. So take care and I will talk to you guys next time.